On today's episode, Elijah flees from the unrighteous vengeance of Queen Jezebel and King Ahab. It's 1 Kings chapters 19 through 20 and Psalm 94, here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. After experiencing the power and authority of the God of Israel on top of Mount Carmel, Elijah runs to Jezreel ahead of King Ahab. But upon hearing Jezebel's threats to execute him, Elijah flees in despair to a distant mountaintop. Later, King Ahab of Israel goes to battle with Ben-Hadad of Aram. The Lord sends an unnamed prophet to alert Ahab that the Lord will win the battle for Israel so that Ahab will know that he alone is God over the whole earth. Then Ahab disobeys the Lord's command and spares Ben-Hadad instead of destroying him. So the Lord sends another unnamed prophet to pronounce judgment. 1 Kings chapters 19 through 20 Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there. But he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough. Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel told him, Get up and eat. Then he looked, and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. He said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank. Then, on the strength from that food, he walked forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave there and spent the night. Suddenly, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains, and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake there was a fire, 
but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, he replied. But the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they're looking for me to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go and return by the way you came to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you are to anoint Hazael as king over Aram. You are to anoint Jehu son of Nimshi as king over Israel, and Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel-Meholah as prophet in your place. Then Jehu will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Jehu. But I will leave seven thousand in Israel, every knee that has not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah left there, and found Elisha son of Shaphat as he was plowing. Twelve teams of oxen were in front of him, and he was with the twelfth team. Elijah walked by him and threw his mantle over him. Elisha left the oxen, ran to follow Elijah, and said, Please, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. Go on back, he replied, for what have I done to you? So he turned back from following him, took the team of oxen, and slaughtered them. With the oxen's wooden yoke and plow, he cooked the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he left, followed Elijah, and served him. Now King Ben-Hadad of Aram assembled his entire army. Thirty-two kings, along with horses and chariots, were with him. He marched up, besieged Samaria, and fought against it. He sent messengers into the city to King Ahab of Israel and said to him, This is what Ben-Hadad says, Your silver and your gold are mine, and your best wives and children are mine as well. Then the king of Israel answered, Just as you say, my lord the king, I am yours along with all that I have. The messengers then returned and said, This is what Ben-Hadad says. I have sent messengers to you saying, You are to give me your silver, your gold, your wives, and your children. But at this time tomorrow, I will send my servants to you and they will search your palace and your servants' houses. They will lay their hands on and take away whatever is precious to you. Then the king of Israel called for all the elders of the land and said, 
recognize that this one is only looking for trouble. For he demanded my wives, my children, my silver and my gold, and I didn't turn him down. All the elders and all the people said to him, Don't listen or agree. So he said to Ben-Hadad's messengers, Say to my lord the king, Everything you demanded of your servant the first time, I will do. But this thing I cannot do. So the messengers left and took word back to him. Then Ben-Hadad sent messengers to him and said, May the gods punish me and do so severely if Samaria's dust amounts to a handful for each of the people who follow me. The king of Israel answered, Say this, Don't let the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it off. When Ben-Hadad heard this response, while he and the kings were drinking in their quarters, he said to his servants, Take your positions! So they took their positions against the city. A prophet approached King Ahab of Israel and said, This is what the Lord says. Do you see this whole huge army? Watch, I am handing it over to you today so that you may know that I am the Lord. Ahab asked, By whom? And the prophet said, This is what the Lord says, By the young men of the provincial leaders. Then he asked, Who is to start the battle? He said, You. So Ahab mobilized the young men of the provincial leaders And there were 232. After them, he mobilized all the Israelite troops, 7,000. They marched out at noon while Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings who were helping him were getting drunk in their quarters. The young men of the provincial leaders marched out first. Then Ben-Hadad sent out scouts, and they reported to him, saying, Men are marching out of Samaria. So he said, If they have marched out in peace, take them alive. And if they have marched out for battle, take them alive. The young men of the provincial leaders and the army behind them marched out from the city, and each one struck down his opponent. So the Arameans fled, and Israel pursued them, 
but King Ben-Hadad of Aram escaped on a horse with the cavalry. Then the king of Israel marched out and attacked the cavalry and the chariots. He inflicted a severe slaughter on Aram. The prophet approached the king of Israel and said to him, Go and strengthen yourself. Then consider carefully what you should do. For in the spring the king of Aram will attack you. Now the king of Aram's servants said to him, Their gods are the gods of the hill country. That's why they were stronger than we are. Instead, we should fight with them on the plain. Then we will certainly be stronger than they are. Also, do this. Remove each king from his position and appoint captains in their place. Raise another army for yourself, like the army you lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. And let's fight with them on the plain, and we will certainly be stronger than they are. The king listened to them and did it. In the spring, Ben-Hadad mobilized the Arameans and went up to Aphek to battle Israel. The Israelites mobilized, gathered supplies, and went to fight them. The Israelites camped in front of them like two little flocks of goats, while the Arameans filled the landscape. Then the man of God approached and said to the king of Israel, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans have said, The Lord is a God of the mountains and not a God of the valleys, I will hand over all this whole huge army to you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. They camped opposite each other for seven days. On the seventh day, the battle took place and the Israelites struck down the Arameans, 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. The ones who remained fled into the city of Aphek and the wall fell on those 27,000 remaining men. Ben-Hadad also fled and went into an inner room in the city. His servants said to him, Consider this. We have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. So, let's put sackcloth around our waists and ropes around our heads, and let's go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. So they dressed with sackcloth around their waists and ropes around their heads went to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please, spare my life. So he said, Is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men were looking for a sign of hope, so they quickly picked up on this and responded, Yes, it is your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, Go and bring him. So Ben-Hadad came out to him, and Ahab had him come up into the chariot. Then Ben-Hadad said to him, I restore to you the cities that my father took from your father, and you may set up marketplaces for yourself in Damascus, like my father set up in Samaria. Ahab responded, On the basis of this treaty, I release you.
So he made a treaty with him and released him. One of the sons of the prophets said to his fellow prophet by the word of the Lord, Strike me. But the man refused to strike him. He told him, Because you did not listen to the Lord, mark my words, when you leave me, a lion will kill you. When he left him, a lion attacked and killed him. The prophet found another man and said to him, Strike me. So the man struck him, inflicting a wound. Then the prophet went and waited for the king on the road. He disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. As the king was passing by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant marched out into the middle of the battle. Suddenly a man turned aside and brought someone to me and said, Guard this man. If he is ever missing, it will be your life in place of his life, or you will weigh out seventy-five pounds of silver. But while your servant was busy here and there, he disappeared. The king of Israel said to him, That will be your sentence. You yourself have decided it. He quickly removed the bandage from his eyes. The king of Israel recognized that he was one of the prophets. The prophet said to him, This is what the Lord says. Because you released from your hand the man I had set apart for destruction, it will be your life in place of his life and your people in place of his people. The king of Israel left for home resentful and angry, and he entered Samaria. Psalm 94 Lord God of vengeance, God of vengeance, shine. Rise up, judge of the earth. Repay the proud what they deserve. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked celebrate? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers boast. Lord, they crush your people. They oppress your heritage. They kill the widow and the resident alien and murder the fatherless. They say, The Lord doesn't see it. The God of Jacob doesn't pay attention. Pay attention, you stupid people. Fools, when will you be wise? Can the one who shaped the ear not hear? The one who formed the eye not see? The one who instructs nations? The one who teaches mankind knowledge? Does he not discipline? The Lord knows the thoughts of mankind. They are futile. Lord, how happy is anyone you discipline and teach from your law to give him relief from troubled times until a pit is dug for the wicked. The Lord will not leave his people or abandon his heritage 
for the administration of justice will again be righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who stands up for me against the wicked? Who takes a stand for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my helper, I would soon rest in the silence of death. If I say, my foot is slipping, your faithful love will support me, Lord. When I am filled with cares, your comfort brings me joy. Can a corrupt throne be your ally, a throne that makes evil laws? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord is my refuge. My God is the rock of my protection. He will pay them back for their sins and destroy them for their evil. The Lord our God will destroy them. I had a moment this morning where I was thinking about the church that I grew up in and realizing that there really wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on reading the Bible, at least for a young person like myself in the church. I thought that I knew all there was to know about Scripture because I wasn't hearing anything new from the pulpit, and the reality is I just I knew very little about the Bible. Having said all that, if you are a parent or a grandparent, I highly encourage you to get your children into the Word, to get your grandchildren into the Word, and show them how good God's Word is. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Ron, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.